All right, guys, so today we are in the fourth installment of, uh, of this Family Matters series that I think it's been such a joy, and I think that uh, as a church has been edifying. I've seen some of your comments. I've seen some of the things you guys have been talking about. And, uh, and when we're talking about family, guys, I think that family has such an important role in society. It has such an important role in the heart of God. Now, today... We're going to be talking, okay, about the role of parents within the family, okay? The role of parents within the family. And I'm so glad uh, I have you guys back there with your little baby, Sky. I, I don't think she's listening to me. I think she's half asleep or asleep halfway there, you know. But Huang and Rebecca, I'm going to put them to sleep. I hope that's the only person I put to sleep here today. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, Juan and Rebecca, so good to have you guys here with your, with your little baby. It's amazing. You know, parents, when we talk about the role of parents, you know, we are all here because we have parents or we had parents, all right? Nobody came from another planet or anything like that. Now, I remember growing up, you know, there were moments that I would get upset at my parents, especially when they would tell me to do things that I didn't want to do. You know, when they would correct me, when they would discipline me, you know. And I remember one time I got in my room and I was so mad at them. And I was like, why do I have these parents? You know, Lord, why did you send me into this family? You didn't send me to somebody else's family. You know, I was probably, you know, like 13, 14. That was till I saw the parents of some of the other kids, you know. And then when I saw the parents of the other kids, I'm like, Lord, thank you for the parents that you've given me, you know. I love these parents, you know, and I, and I bless them, all right. But, uh. Parenting is not easy, all right? Parenting is not an easy role, right? It's not easy. And I want to sort of survey the room today, all right? I want to know where we are, the people that we have here, you guys at home. Sorry, you know, uh, if this would be like, you know, America Got Talent, you guys could vote in and I could see what you're doing and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, but I don't see you guys there today, but I know you're there. So I want to know of the people that we have here today, how many of you guys have children? It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter the age. Just raise your hand. You have children. You're a parent. All right. That's awesome. All right. Now, how many of you guys have kids between the age of one and five? Raise your hand. Between one and five. We got to pray for these brothers. These guys are in the fire right now. All right. One and five. All right, yeah, zero to five. How many of you have kids between six and 12? Raise your hand, six and 12. These guys, yeah, we're going to need prayer also. I have my kids in that age, you know, we, we need prayer. All right, how many of you guys have kids in the teenage years? Raise your hand, teenagers. All right, <laughs> we're going to continue. How many have adult kids, 18 and above? 18 and above. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. How many of you guys, okay, the last question is, how many of you guys have at least more than one child? You have two, three, uh, and above. All right. All these guys need a lot of prayer. You know, it doesn't matter how old they are. All right. But they need, all right. Let me tell you that today when we're talking about parenting, you know, and for my wife and I to be up here sharing with you guys, this is so awesome, you know. I want to tell you that this is a function that is probably the most important function that we could have in our lives. You might look at me and you're like, no, pastor's most important function is to pastor. Well, in reality, my most important function is at home. Because the Bible says that the man that governs his house well will govern the church well. 
So if I'm not governing my house well, then I'm not going to be able to do my job here the right way. Now, when we talk about parenting, I want to let you guys know something, that parenting is, is something that God has entrusted you and that you cannot delegate. You cannot delegate. I could delegate functions here. I could talk to Pastor Aspie. I could talk to Manny. I could talk to Head. I could talk to anybody here. Hey, can you help me with this? Can you lead this prayer meeting? Can you? But parenting, I can't call one of you guys up and say, hey, uh, can you cover me for parenting for the next month? You know, because I'm tired of these kids and I'm leaving to Alaska. <laughs> you know, Alaska, like very far away. You know what I'm saying? That cannot happen. You cannot delegate parenting, okay? And you're a parent, by the way. You don't clock in at 8 o'clock in the morning and clock out at 5 in the afternoon, okay? Actually, parenting is a, you know, full-time, all-time, and a lot of times 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning type of role. You know, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. So it's all of that combined. And today, you know, before we get into this dialogue, because we're going to be both sharing with you, I want us to get into the heart scripture that we're going to be sharing this morning, all right? And it's an Old Testament uh, passage of the Bible, but I think it talks a lot about this parenting stuff, because it's found in the book of Proverbs. And pay attention, Solomon was the one that wrote Proverbs. But what's particular about this passage of scripture it's that Solomon is talking about the way that David parented him. The way that David fathered him. So he's going to give insight, okay, on how David was as a father. And why is that important for me? Well, it's important for me because the Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. So if I want to know what's in God's heart for parenting, man, I could take a look at some of the stuff that David told Solomon and I think it's on point with what God wants for us, all right? So if you could go to your Bibles, all right, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to start reading it little by little because we're going to interrupt as we go. But we're going to be in Proverbs 4, okay, for the remainder of uh, the message this morning, all right? So Proverbs 4, starting in verse 1. This is Solomon speaking again, all right? And he says, my children, listen when your father corrects you all right now I have some young people in here all right how many of you guys like when your parents correct you raise your hand any of you guys like when your parents correct you there's no hands going up right now all right over there we have one you're gonna get candy or something at the end of the service man that's so awesome <laughs> he likes when his parents correct all right so Solomon's saying my children listen when your father corrects you you can write next to that discipline Okay, so part of parenting has to do with discipline, all right? Discipline, that's a key word. The Bible says that all those that God takes as children, he disciplines. That's found in Hebrews 12. Discipline is part of parenting. Then Solomon goes on to say, pay attention and learn good judgment. What that's talking about is modeling a godly lifestyle example. Parenting has to do with being an example, with being a model, all right? Now, if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I'm not a parent, you know, I, I still don't have kids or, you know, or, or I never got married and I don't have kids. Listen, this is important that you pay attention to because maybe God will put you to help somebody that is going through something like this. So even if you're there, man, I'm going to encourage you to, to take notes and you at home, this, this is important. The third thing that he says Okay, it's for I am giving you good guidance, 
Don't turn away from my instruction. And the key word there is what? Instruction. So parenting has to do with discipline, example, and instruction. If you and I get those three things down, we got parenting down according to God's heart and according to what he wants, okay? So it's discipline, example, and instruction. That's right there in verse 1 and 2, all right? Now, if we want to be more effective parents according to God's design to fulfill the role that he has for us here in our families, these are three areas that we need to focus on. We need to pay attention to these three areas right here, okay? Discipline, okay? Talking about correction, all right? We got to correct our kids. It doesn't mean that you're spanking them the whole day, all right? Or putting them in timeout the whole day, all right? But it means that you correct them. Godly example means that don't ask them to do something that you won't do yourself. Don't say to your kids, hey, you need to go to church when you don't come to church. You know what I'm saying? I remember my dad, okay, this was the worst example, all right, the worst. Don't do this at home, all right. My dad would smoke three cigarette boxes a day, three cigarette boxes. He would be smoking in the car with the windows up, taking me to school, and he would tell me, son, when you grow up, make sure you don't smoke. This kills your lungs. Like, daddy, what are you doing with that cigar in your mouth? Why are you smoking? And it was so bad that when I would get to school, my clothes would smell like smoke, all right? I would take a shirt in my bag to change when I got down in school because I didn't want my clothes to smell like smoke. And my friends would tell me, Chris, you smell like smoke. It was like a cloud would follow me, you know what I'm saying? But it was not the glory cloud. It was a cloud of nicotine, you know what I'm saying? And my dad would tell me, don't smoke. Thanks God that I hated it so much. You know, because I was even embarrassed around my friends because I always had a peculiar smell on me. You know, I hated it so much. I was like, I'm never going to do this. But it wasn't because of the example that he was giving me. So what I'm telling you is that it's discipline, it's example, and it's instruction. Instruction. When I spoke about the role of the man, and this falls now into the parents, we constantly need to be talking to our kids, giving, giving them instruction. And we're going to get that into a little bit now because even the stuff that we're living right now around us with social media, with the media, with our nation, if parents don't do their role of instructing their kids, let me tell you something, the media is going to instruct them. Instagram is going to instruct them. Snapchat is going to instruct them. CNN is going to instruct them. And I don't want none of those guys instructing my kids. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the one instructing my kids according to God's design. So, babe, thank you for being up here with me. All right. And, and doing life together and parenting together. And just the other day, we were looking at that picture of Hadassah up in my office when she was born. And we were like, what in the world happened to the time? It just went. Parenting takes time. All right. So, babe. What do you think about these three areas here that David is highlighting? He's talking about the importance of discipline, example, and correction or instruction. What do you think about these three yeah, areas? And this, and this, like my husband is saying, being a parent, it takes time. And it's never late to correct areas that we need to correct. I want you to know something. Today, through this teaching, we're not here to condemn you. We're not, gonna, we're not here to tell you you're doing this wrong or right. We're just here to give you tools that we need and 
we're rooting for you. We're rooting for your families. We're rooting for your children. We want our children to be their best, but we need this community. We need us as community to do the role that we need to. You know, parents, our, our children are not born with a manual. You know what I mean? Our kids pretty much, well, the manual is the Bible pretty much. That's where we see how we could raise our children, how we do life. But if we didn't get a good example with our parents, it's really hard for us to be the right parents that our, our children need. But today, I pray that, you know, you just take take this teaching, take it at heart, and know that it's never late to start applying some of the things that we're going to speak about, like discipline. Oh, my God. Discipline is hard. You know what I mean? And now, since our children, I remember my, we were in, in a part, we were at a birthday yesterday, and we saw something, and, 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 and we were talking with my sister-in-law, my, my two sister-in-laws, and we're saying how, you know, back in the days, if we didn't do something, my, our parents would just smack us in the head, you know what I mean? And be like, you get that done, you know what I mean? But now, touching a children or, or, or correcting your child is abuse. You know what I mean? If they're twisting our roles in our children's lives, and let me tell you, we cannot align ourselves to do what we need to do as parents, being influenced, but what we're hearing out there. I'm not saying here that you're, you're here to abuse your child when you're disciplined. No. Like my husband said, it's correction. It's telling them, don't go that way. You take this route. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, it's being intentional. It's being, you know, active in your, in, in your children's role. And we are here to root you out. We're here to tell you, you could do it. We can do it, family. We can do this. We can raise children that will be incredible for our society. We are going to raise children that are going to be an example to this, you know, to this world. And it's possible. Yeah. But we got to be there. We got to be involved in their lives. We, we got to be in top of things and do our best yeah. and be guided by God and be guided by God to do our roles. So today we're going to be going at this, you know what I mean, about discipline. I, I, I don't know, but I got to be on top of my children every day. I don't know about you, and maybe because they're small, maybe you guys that are have, you know, children that are married and, and, and children that are already gone and stuff. Maybe you don't do that, but now I'm in that season and it's not easy. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, and even you guys that are older, that have the kids already out of the house, married, you know, have their careers and stuff. No one will ever take away the voice of authority that you have over that son or that daughter. Once you pick up that phone and it's mom or dad calling, there's a, a weight of heaven upon that. That's right. There's a weight of heaven. There's a delegated authority from God upon that phone call or that video chat now, you know, because we get FaceTime. Praise God for that. So I'm telling you that even if you, you know, your kids are old and they're married, when they call for advice or maybe you just call to see how they're doing or 
you know what, I, 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 this morning God put you in my heart and I want to pray for you. Nobody else could do that the same way that you can do it, you know. But now when my wife was talking about discipline, I was thinking about this funny story, you know, because I know that a lot of you guys, you know, grew up in the days where your parents use el cinto or la chancleta. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ma, Mama I'm going to translate it into English, all right? The belt or the flying flip-flop, you know what I'm saying? It was like a boomerang. You throw that thing, it would hit you and then come back to them. I don't even know how that worked, you know? They, were, they had this target, such you know, an like, aiming. Such, such an aim. And yes. I, I remember one day, one day, one day, my mom had just cleaned the house, all right? <laughs> and I invited three of my neighbor friends. They lived across the street. I invited them over. I must have been maybe like about 10, 11 years old, all right? My parents never let me go out, okay? Cuban overprotective parents, all right? They thought if I go outside at 5 o'clock, el sereno me iba a caer, and I was going to get sick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you don't know what sereno is, just go to your dictionary and Google that up. But anyways... I remember I invited these three kids over to my house. My mom had just cleaned, all right? And they get into my room, and I had a lot of toys. When you're an only child, all right, and you ask your parents for something, they give it to you, you know? And I had all these things in my closet, and they started pouring out the boxes of toys on the floor, just boxes of toys on the floor. And my mom was in the kitchen. She was preparing, like, a meal for all four of us and stuff like that. And when she walked into that room and saw the mess that we had created, she got so mad that she started screaming at us, all right, but so bad. And she goes, I want them all out of the house right now, and you're going to clean up this mess. And she got so much, she picked up a Mickey Mouse phone that I had. <laughs> I had a, a toy Mickey Mouse phone, and she threw it at me, all right. Now, I ducked, all right, <laughs> and it hit the kid that was standing behind me that had glasses on. And it broke his glasses, all right? And all you hear is when the phone hits the floor, hi, I'm Mickey Mouse. Are you calling me? And I'm like, oh, my. Well, the, the kid's mom came to my house. They got in a fight with my mom. My mom told them that they were not clean, that they made all this mess. And I was so embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Do not discipline your kid like that. Don't throw a phone at them or, you know, that's not the... Bible discipline, you know, what David is talking here, but I just wanted to share that. It just came to my mind. Anyway, verse 3 through 9, if we go back to the scripture here, verse 3 to 9, it says this, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother's, as my mother's only child. Okay, so it's Solomon talking. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment or discernment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her. And she will honor you. She will place a, lo a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. Now, there's two words that, you know, are, are, that appear here in this part of Scripture that are standing out. And those two words are wisdom and good judgment. Wisdom and good judgment. And, babe, I want to ask you, why do you think that David had such a desire for Solomon to gain wisdom. Now, how important do you think that that is for us as parents with our kids today? 
Yeah, wisdom, it starts with, you know, fearing the Lord in, in, in your heart and knowing that even though your parents, you know, sometimes I was, a, you know, I was once a child, I had my parents on top of me, and you think, you know, whenever they're correct me, I'm going to act the right way, but when they're not there, you know what I mean, I'll do whatever I want type of thing. But at the end of the day, if we, li if we live wise, in a wise way, We're going to know that no matter who's there with us, you know what I mean? We're going to do the right thing. And we're going to have, because wisdom has to make, has to, has to do with making decisions for yourself. Has to do with making the right choices for yourself. And I pray every day that my children, you know, right now I'm just planting seeds because they're small. My kids are from ages 7 to 14. I'm just, Lord, here I go. You know what I mean? I pray that you just, those seeds will grow and they will grow strong in you. But at the end of the day, you know, I see the product. Now when, like, I'm starting to see things in my daughter, you know, that she is 14. So when life starts coming and they have to start making decisions, I see the fruit of what I have placed in them. And I pray that wisdom And good judgment will follow them forever. So that's why it's so important for us to let our children, you know what I mean, and just help them. Like how David told Sal, I, I imagine, he became the wisest man. Yeah. He became the wisest man. He, people will come all over to see and to hear his wisdom. But that started by him listening to his father because his father was there. And I'm here, I, I don't want to offend no one, and I don't want to offend the woman. I know that there's some woman here raising their children by themselves, and I honor you for that. I honor you for that. And I want to tell you today that you're not alone. The Lord is by your side, and he'll help you through raising your children. But Father, that you're here, the fathers that are here, Your voice in your house towards your children is so important. I could do a hundred things as a mother. You know how mothers are? We're all over the place with our children. And we think we're, we're like las salvadoras, you know what I mean? Like the house depends on us type of thing. And our children's are protection. Yo me puedo matar. I could kill myself doing that work. But if my husband's voice upon my children is not there, then everything I did is wasted. That's how important your voice is upon your children, men that are here. Your voice upon your boys' lives, upon your girls' lives, because, the, you know, your daughters. That voice is so important. That's why the enemy wants to keep you silent, because he knows that if you speak into their lives, you know, you're creating this powerful men and, and, and women of God. So girls, we, we know our role, and we spoke about it. Just embrace your role, and, and we run with it, and, and, our, and we're so essential in the raising of our children. But I pray that how David did it, you know, how David did it with Solomon, that he would tell his son, you know, do this. Follow this with all your heart, because it's going to be beautiful for the rest of your life. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for your generations. And I pray that we 
today, you know the voice, your voice, man, that are here. Your voice in your children's lives is so important. Tell them you could do it. Tell them you're strong. Tell them you have what it takes to do this. Your girls, tell them how beautiful they are. Because then when a little boy comes, you know what I mean? Trying to speak to them because boys do that. They're going to be, oh, I've heard this before. I don't need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why it's so important to have this wisdom and this good judgment because how David told Solomon, go after this with all your heart. Love her. with Love wisdom. Because the day that we're not here and, you know, with our children, they're going to make the right decisions. Yeah. They're going to make the right decisions. And they're going to fear the Lord. That, that's where it starts. And the next word that he mentions here, okay, is good judgment. And I want you guys to yeah. write this down because this is important. Good judgment, according to the Hebrew word, means discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. So when the Bible talks about good judgment, what David was telling Solomon is, I, I want you to have discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Now, parents, I, I need you to take a look up here a second because... Here is where it gets to the nitty-gritty because we were talking about this this morning. Uh, we were praying at home and we were going over this teaching and, and, you know, and we were talking about how important it is right now to help our children have good judgment with everything that is going on around us. That's right. To help them discern what is going on around us right now. To help them comprehend what is going on around, and to help them interpret. Parents that are here, you are here to help your children interpret, to make sense of the stuff that is being thrown in their face. And if you don't help them interpret that, they're going to interpret it in their own way, through their immaturity, through what their friends say, through what social media says. You need to help them interpret. Because if not, let me tell you something. We were talking about the society that we have today. We were dealing with this cancel culture. And we're dealing with this culture that if I don't like the way that you think and you're offending me, well, you know what? I don't want you anymore in my life and I don't need you anymore. And we were talking about that this morning because that comes from a lack of parents, a lack of fathers, a lack of mothers that were there to correct and to help the kids interpret. So since they grew up with such an important piece of their life, they think they could cancel anything else as well. Go ahead. Yeah, I was asking the Holy Spirit, you know how, how right now, you know, like that cancel culture. I'm like, where is that starting? Where is that starting? That's starting at home. You know what I mean? That you think, you know, that you can, if people don't agree with you, they want to go after you and kill you because you don't believe in them. You know what I mean? And, 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 and just, or, 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 or cancel you and, and, ex and remove you. I'm like, Lord, please. Where did this start? Can you please help us? For us not to make those mistakes with our children. Because let me tell you, a hundred things can be happening out there. But I ask the Lord, Lord, you have entrusted my children in my hands. And I pray that I could be a good steward, <laughs> do, steward of, of their lives. 
and for them to become what you want them to become, not what I want them to become. And the Lord was speaking to me, and, and I was hearing his voice, you know, that that started, like my husband said, at home. Since parents have left, they're not doing their roles. You know, we're, we're, we're overwhelmed by the system because we got to work and make money and we got to live. And I understand all of that. I understand all the responsibility that you guys have as, you know, as caring your families. But if you're not there for your children, you're teaching them that it's okay to, to go about life without you. And that's where that cancel culture starts. When the parents are not present, when the most important people in a children's life is their parents, they're not there. They think that, oh, life can, you know, if I lost the most important thing, I could live my life without it. So that's why it's so easy to just move things around and, and, and go about life not caring about nobody. And we today, we make the decision not to go about that anymore. Not to go and align to that. No, we're not. We're going to be there for our children. And like I said, you be intentional because it's not about being 24-7 with your children. It's not, that's not reality. But the times that you're there with your children, you are intentional. Your voice is present. Your focus on them is there. You know what I mean? We work, we have our times, but once we're home, we're home physically. We're there with our children, physically, mentally, and emotionally, in an emotional way. Because that's the thing. We're home, and we're not even connected to our children. Because we're so busy doing a hundred things that we got to do. So guys, we're not going to go about what we're hearing out there. We're going to be the best parents for those children that God entrusted you. And the ones that their children are not home anymore, you know, thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done with your children. Thank you for being parents that are there. And if you were not there, you know, just today after church, pick up the phone and call your son and tell them I love you. And I'm here for you. And we could continue doing this, you know. Verse 14, 14 through 19, it says, don't do as the wicked do and do not follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deeds for that day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. So here, David starts to speak to Solomon about his relationships. About the relationships that he is going to have. The relationships that he's going to build. And parents, I want to let you know something. is so important 
that we would even be involved in the choosing of our friends' friends. When they're going to come home with friends or they're going to be on the phone with friends or calling people and all that, it's important that you know who those people are and what they stand for and what are the values of the people in that home that they're connecting with. David, okay, was being very intentional. Why? Because relationships are important in the kingdom. Relationships are important. Who your kids will relate with will either advance them towards their purpose or set them back. That's right. That's right. Who your kids relate with will either help them, propel them to the purposes that God has for them or set them back. First Corinthians 15.33, you don't have to look for it, I'll tell you. It says, bad company corrupts good character. You could have killed yourself working in your life, in your kid's life, and they hang out with the wrong people. It's going to destroy all the work you've been doing. And David mentions the wicked, and he mentions the righteous. And Solomon, he tells Solomon, stay away from the wicked. Stay away from these guys. Don't even think about following them. Look and just keep moving. Keep going. Don't stop there. You see, David learned this the hard way. Solomon was one of his last children. But his oldest child, his oldest child named Abnon, he died. He died because he raped his daughter. And his younger brother ended up killing his friend Abnon. But you know what? Abnon ended up raping his sister. He raped his sister because a friend of his told him that that might have been a good idea. And his friend helped him plan how he was going to do the whole setup to rape his own sister. And David ended up losing that son. His daughter got raped. And then his other son eventually ended up dying. Do you think David knew a little bit about bad relationships with their children? Oh, he lived the pain. He was there when they brought him the news that his son had died by the hand of his own brother. Because of a friend influencing incorrectly. So guys, we need to be on top. We need to be aware. Of who's hanging around. What are they talking about? What are they doing? Like my wife said, it's not 24-7. You can't be the Holy Spirit. You and I cannot be the Holy Spirit. And we need to renounce to that thought, okay, that you think you could be there all the time. When you drop them off at school. But you know what? The seeds that you've planted. The words that you've said. And then when you pick them up, you're intentional. Hey, so how was your day? What's going on? What was happening? You know, and, and you're constantly there. So, babe, how important is it for us as parents? And I think for us that are here as parents, okay, that we help our kids choose their friends correctly. I, Worship team, you guys can come it's, up. It's so important, like you were saying, you know, um, we're influenced by people and we're influenced by relationships. You know what I mean? Like, you know when you like something and you like a restaurant and you tell everybody about it and your friends go to that restaurant because, you're, you know, they told you that it was good? Well, you see the influence that we have upon people. So whoever we relate with, you know, God made us to relate with others. That's the way that God wired us. God did not wire us for us to be. I was looking at a series actually the other day. You know, I love, I love this this crazy series, you know, but I saw one of a family that they decided to, you know, to move, to move to like a place. I don't know where, I, I don't remember the place because they want their children to be, 
you know, to have no contact with the world. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's crazy. That's a, that's a crazy idea. I mean, I respect that, but it's a crazy idea. And then, but he was saying, I was hearing, you know, I was hearing their, their life and I was hearing their story. And I'm like, well, not everybody could do that. You know, I cannot go ahead and be like, look, baby, let's go and, and let's go to, you know, un campito and live there and, and raise our children. Mars, for, baby, Mars. Mars, yeah. you know. With Elon Musk, we'll yeah. go to Mars. <laughs> let's go to Mars and raise our children there for not to be in contact with the world. Well, that's wrong. Our children are here to influence this world. Our children are here to influence people. I want my children to be, I don't know what they're going to become. The Lord has shown us what, you know, the things that they're passionate about. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, Lord, whatever you do, wherever you put them, let them be men and women of influence. That they will not be influenced by their surroundings, but they will be an influence. That's why it's so important for us to watch over our children's friends and relationships and the way that they treat others with love and respect but that starts at home that starts in us being involved in that you know and and not being like listen you know I gotta work so you just go to your friend's house and be there and and and, and yeah you I mean you could do that but at the end of the day who's that friend What is that, that friend telling your son or daughter? What is that person doing? But God made us. Remember this. God made us not to be in a box. We are the salt and light of the world. And salt gets, gives flavor. Light, it shines in darkness. And I pray that we... You know, we could become stronger in our relationships. And for our children to make the right choices with their friends. And for parents that are here, I know that now, like me, I have my small children. And and I've understood and some I've heard this some parents say this. They're like, no, I want to be my child, my my son's best friends. That's a beautiful idea. And you're going to be your son's best friend, I believe, later on. But now you're their father. You know what I mean? So let's be the parents, the mothers, and the fathers that our children need. My mom now is my best friend. You know what I mean? But look how old I am. But when I was 10, I didn't see her as my best friend. You know what I mean? Our children need their parents the other day i was playing video games with jeremy i play video games all right and i was playing uh <laughs> i was playing a basketball game with him and he goes hey bro you saw that shot i made i'm like bro i am not your bro okay i'm your dad <laughs> so you better you can better understand that and, you know real quick real yeah, quick yeah, yeah, he was like it. very confident and everything hey bro i'm like hey relax man <laughs> <laughs> one day gonna, he'll tell you, hey, yeah, bro. Yeah, one day, when I'm an old guy, you know, he could push me around and then call me bro and all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But I want to close uh, today's message and land this plane. Verse 20 through 27. 
so rich, so rich. And guys, we don't have enough time to break all this stuff down, but it's so rich. He says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Learn carefully to my words. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they will bring life to those who find them. And healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. These are the things that David was telling Solomon. Avoid all perverse talk. And stay away from corrupt speech. He's talking to them about the power of words. He's telling them, hey son, be careful with the words that are coming out of your mouth. The things that you're going to say. Solomon was going to be king and David was king. He knew that when a king spoke, whatever he spoke, that became a decree. So he said, be careful what's going to come out of your mouth. And you might like, well, I'm not a king. It's not going to become decree. No, the Bible says that you live by the words that come out of your mouth. That life and death is in your mouth and you create your future. So be careful with the words. That's what he's telling you. Then he says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. In other words, you know what, Solomon? Make sure you have vision for life and that you stay focused. Make sure you know where you're going and don't lose sight of that. And the last thing that he says, he goes, mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. But keep your feet from following evil. You know what he's telling him? About making wise decisions. Decision making. Your feet have to do with your actions. Hey, be wise. Be wise and, and, and be a good decision maker. But I want to close this morning with this part where he says, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. And the question is, if, we are not, if you and I are going to teach our kids to guard our hearts, why is that important? Well, it's like this. The heart is the steering wheel of that person. Your heart is your steering wheel. Whoever has your heart is going to drive that car. And is going to take it. And you decide, okay, as a parent, you help them decide who's driving that car. You help them, you help them to guard your heart because at the beginning they don't know but as they grow older you're going to see their heart gravitating towards certain things you'll see their heart gravitating towards friends you'll see their heart gravitating towards fashion you'll see their heart gravitating towards sport and you as a parent always got to make sure that you are the one that has a hold of their heart and there's times that it's like fishing you let the you know you let it you let the line go out a little bit but then you know what you reel back in you reel back in. Parents, make sure you have your kid's heart. doesn't matter how old they are. Make sure you have their heart. And their hearts should always belong to God. I want to close. Your kid's heart doesn't matter where they're at, if they're at home, if they're old. When David was talking about following example, teach your kids to love God. Teach your kids to love God. That's why, my brother, I'm proud of you today that you're here. Because as we were talking yesterday, he was saying, it's so important for me that my kids will walk in the straight path. Teach your kids to love God with all their heart. And they're going to follow your example. And they're going to follow our example. So the question that I have as we close this morning is, as you look into your children, maybe you have small children. Maybe your children are long gone. 
But those that still have kids at home, who has control of their heart right now? Who has control of their heart? Does God do us? Do you do? Or do other things still? I want you to close your eyes for a second right there where you're at. And today we want to ask God to give us wisdom. We need wisdom as parents to do what God has called us to do with our children. And like I said, you might be at home watching and you might be here and you don't even have kids. You know, maybe you're still young, you haven't gotten married or maybe you never had kids. You still play such an important role in this. You can still come alongside and support so many families that are struggling, growing They're having and raising their kids. We do this as a community. We do this as a family. So I want us to sing this one more time, and then we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. Lord bless you and keep you.